Yeah. Um, so I guess a little about myself. Um, my name is Marcel Price, but a lot of people know me as Fable or Fable the Poet. Yep. Um, I am the current Poet Laureate of the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Nice. Um, the first person of color in our city's history to ever hold the title of Poet Laureate. The first person under the age of 40. Wow. The first person without a college degree uh, to ever hold the title of Poet Laureate. Hey, thanks for tuning in to my podcast. No Bad News by yours truly, Don P. Make sure you go follow me on all social media platforms. And as always, stay motivated. Um, I'm also the executive director of a nonprofit organization called The Diatribe. Nice. Uh, we use performing arts to empower young people to share their stories, raise awareness of social issues, and be active members in their community. Uh, we work with like 20, 30 schools a year. Um, every single one of the teaching artists and administrative staff in our organization is a marginalized individual. Either all of our staff is individuals of color, uh, queer individuals of color, or members of the LGBTQ community. Um, our first office space is currently rooted in the southeast side of Grand Rapids, the 49507, uh, in the Garfield Park Neighborhood Association building. I'm also a board member of the Garfield Park Neighborhood Association. Nice. Um, me and my wife um, just got our first house uh, this year. Congratulations. Uh, and we were look- Thank you. Uh, and when we were looking for our house, the only place that we were interested in looking was the 49507. Yeah. Um, although some realtors wanted us to look at like Creston uh, in East Town, these cool hit places, right? We were like, no, that's not where we want to live. We want to be intentional about where we live. We want to live in a place where our kids grow up around kids who look like them. And they never feel that sense of the the otherness. Um, So I thought that it was really important to join our our neighborhood association. Um, So now I just try to put all of my energy into our kids, into the schools. Um, I try to put all of my energy into our neighborhood and squeezing my network for any way that I can try to help our residents and my neighbors. Yeah. Um, and I also just talk a lot of shit and, and <laughs> loud all the time and try to try to affect policy and uh, systemic change as well as the, the stuff on the ground floor. No, no. And I'm, I'm man, like you got a lot going on. Like I'm obviously with, with the, with the events occurring, you know, have you been a part of the protests, uh, the riots or any part of the cleanup? Any anything that's been um, going on downtown? Uh, so if I'm being really, really, really honest, um, I've never been a fan of I've never been a fan of the protests, mm-hmm. um, because I've always thought to myself, we should burn this shit down, right? Right. Um, and when I was at home, I was watching all of the protests on Facebook. Um, and I think it was like seven or eight o'clock. I was watching some of my students uh, on my feed uh, and they were standing in front of the police station and they were screaming the police officers. And they were like, just tell me the words that Black Lives Matter. And I'll walk away. Just tell me these words. Yeah. Um, and I was smiling and I was sad and I was crying. And then uh, I continued to watch and at like eight o'clock or eight thirty, somewhere around there. Um like the first tear gas was launched. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yo, if they're going to be launching tear gas and our kids are down there, 
my place isn't at home. Right. <laughs> um, right. So I, I hit up a couple of my friends. I grabbed one of my friends. I went downtown. Then uh, I got downtown at probably like 9.30. Um, and I stayed downtown from 9.30 to, I don't know, I had to be around midnight or somewhere like that. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Now, I mean, you kind of described the emotions that you were you were going through, you know, once you realized, you know, they were launching tear gas and stuff like that. Um, are you, you know, because I know one of the biggest things that I tell people we've got two speed bumps on one, you know, how do we communicate the frustration to our peers of non-color um, and get the, get them to understand why Two, how do we get our message out to the world and have our message interpreted the way that we want them to and not see, you know, the, the destruction. That's a really hard question. Um, I think that the way that we can continue to inspire people to take action is to educate people. Yep. Like I, when the work that we do, there's there's one arm of the workshops that we do. It's called Writing to Write Wrongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we teach young people about gentrification and about fair housing. But we also teach them the history of the riots, the riots that happened in Grand Rapids and Detroit and all across the country yeah. and how people got to their boiling point, but also how policy changed, like the fair housing laws were enacted after these riots happened. When these politicians got so scared and they were like, yo, we need to do something um, because this clearly isn't working. Um, And I think that a lot of young people, be it learning this information from their parents, learning this information from us, or learning this information from their peers, um, when I got down there at like nine thirty or 10, so many of the people that were down there were super, super, super young. And I guess I say that to say um, one thing that we can do to make sure that the message is consistent is we need to get more people down there when that time comes. Yeah. There were not a lot of people that were our age, yeah. like those people who are really good at, at puffing their chests out. <laughs> To people who look like us. Yeah. <laughs> and when it came time to actually pump your chest out to the people who you need to, yep. they weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yep. and and in some cities, people are, right? People showed up in Detroit and Chicago mm-hmm. and so many of these places, and still it's three days later, and still these things are going on, and people can try to spin the narrative however they want, but like people are. You, you can't spin it too much when it's like, all right, the message is being shoved down their throat. And I think like getting people on the same page and together, A, is a, is a huge way to make sure that narrative is controlled, but also um, for different people to, to play their roles. Like for those journalists, for yeah. those responsible journalists yeah. to write those stories, yeah. right? For the people who can be on the front line to be on the front line. For those politicians and the people who actually care about changing the system from the inside, then you also need to get to work. But everybody needs to be working and pass working on their keyboards, right? Yep. Or what they have to say on their phones, right? Um, and also those people – and also showing people they have value so that they can work. Because I feel like a lot of people are exhausted. A lot of people are poor. A lot of the people have given up and don't believe the system works anymore. A lot of the people are feel like they've watched it for so long that they've just given up. And I feel like – inspiring people and showing them that no like we might be gaining inches and not feet or miles but we're still making progress so we need to keep absolutely fighting. absolutely 
Now, for, for those people that you had, you know, mentioned that's kind of like there's no gas in the tank left for them because they're they're exhausted. Do you think they kind of pass that down to their younger generation and don't introduce them to politics and introduce them to, you know, learning how to get themselves registered to vote and how these communities can change themselves with these kind of actions being taken? Like, do you think that 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 has an effect on it as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think that. Um, yeah, I think when a lot of people give up on voting, when they they hold that narrative of it doesn't make a difference. I, I definitely think that it trickles down into other areas of, well, why would I vote? It doesn't make a difference. Why would I protest? It doesn't make a difference. Why would I go down right. town and flip the city upside down? It doesn't make a difference. I, I do think that it, I do think it trickles down for sure. Yeah. And I mean, me personally, you know, I think it's, it makes more of a difference than worrying about every four years of who to vote because, you know, you worry about every four years, what's going to happen in November. 90% of the time, we're not getting the person that, you know, we want in office. Um, and it's just, it, it, and it's, it's a shame to say that, but I was looking at the statistics today and they were talking about how, you know, we lost, you know, uh, Trump won Florida by like 111,000 votes. And there was almost like 300,000 black people that didn't even register to vote, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, how, how do we put that, you know, that, that trust back into the black communities to get themselves registered and get them comfortable with the candidates that we have at hand. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it, and I guess I, I never really thought about it until you just asked right now is really, really, really loving on your community. Yeah. Like I think, I think a lot of ways we lost a huge sense of community. Like I, I as of late, I've been trying to like learn from the people who I see that are doing it best. And here in Grand Rapids, there's some like there's some like Latinx Hispanic organizers. Oh yeah, and bro, these these people like aren't just doing like food giveaways, but in their neighborhood, off the radar, they're making sure that people have cash assistance, right? They have mutual aid funds, they have mm -hmm. things like that, which the black community has historically done for forever. But but I feel like just kind of like I, I feel like people are so burnt out, you know. Um, and I feel like it starts in the community and it starts with like making sure all your neighbors are okay. Like, I feel like I know so many people who don't know the people who live next door to them or two doors down yeah. or three doors down or four doors down. And how do you expect to, to rock out a, a commissioner vote if you don't even know your neighbors and you can't get your neighbors to vote? Mm -hmm. So how do you expect to win a state election if you can't get the people in your city to vote? And, and bigger than that. Right. And yeah. I feel like it, it works. It like you gotta, you gotta start connecting the pieces where you can. And I understand that it takes work and I also understand that people are tired, but like, you gotta, you gotta work. Like some people are just happy, like sitting in their house or sitting on their porch or playing video games. Like you gotta, you gotta do more than the bare minimum. Absolutely. Like you, you have to, if you really want change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Fable, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me today. Um, does all of the things that you're doing, um, do you, do you have Instagram handles, Twitter handles, Facebook handles? What, what are those? Yeah. Um, so if people want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it is Fable is Truth. F-A-B-L-E is Truth. Uh, if you want to look up my website, which has uh, uh, all of my social media and everything on it, uh, you can go to mindoffable.com. Um, you can also look me up on anywhere just by searching Fable the Poet. Uh, but if you really want to learn more about our youth work and the work that we do with young people, go to www.thediatribe.com. Dot org. It's another Monday. It's another great day. Another great Monday. 
You know, typically I don't like to get into the politics. I don't like to get into the he say, she say or make any kind of controversial statements. But I think it's uh, I think it's it's definitely necessary in this context just because this is my platform. This is my platform to use for the things that I have to say. And um, I try to go about it in a positive way. And I try to do that week in and week out and make sure that my listeners, uh, my followers, my friends, my family understand where I'm coming from in a positive mindset. So just understand that what I talk about comes straight from the heart and from nowhere else. Um, I had quite a few people ask me and just, you know, overseeing social media about what happened with George Floyd. And obviously you guys had a chance to hear the interview and it's, you know, uh, man, (laughs) um, Super, uh, super cool guy, Fable. He is, man. I, I really like what he's doing. I like everything he's got going on. Make sure you you check out this episode's bio. I think this is one of the more significant bios. Uh, I think every guest I've brought on has been awesome. Has definitely been amazing, and everybody has given um, given something of substance that I think you can refer back to on any given episode that I've had a guest. But um, I think Fable is a, a lot more unique just because of everything that he has going on, being on the art side of things, and. Uh, being actually involved in the community as a as a as a nice footprint, um, so make sure you check that out. But back to social media and talking about what made this whole thing racial. My brother called me up um, and we talked a little bit, and you know, I, I've even I put it out there. I'm not afraid to put out you know most of my business obviously there's certain things i need to stay in the house and i think that's for anybody you know certain businesses stay in the house everything ain't everybody else's business and the minute that you put it out there you are subject to have people talk about your business whether you think they're entitled or not the the minute you put it out there they're entitled to talk about your business but uh, me and my brother our our relationship is is very is very cool because we could go at each other's throats and before I hang up the phone, the last thing you hear is, I love you, bro. Um, no matter if we're mad at each other. Um, and it, there's been times I've been mad at him. And he just, you know, randomly said, like, I know you're mad, but, uh, you know, I was supposed to know I love you. And he's always been like that. Um, even when I was young and he used to he used to pick on me and beat me up. You know, he'd beat me up and then, you know, try to hug me and tell me he loved me. And I try to bite his ear like Tyson, but it never worked. Um, but he asked me, he's like, you know, we're, we're having this conversation about George Floyd and um, he's been doing a lot better and I've been doing a lot better cause we're both Taurus and we're both hard headed. We're both knuckleheads. And it's not that I have a hard time listening, but when, when I see something and I, you know, I just think to myself, like, how could you interpret this any other way? That's what my decision is. Like the way I've interpreted based off of what I saw or based off of the, the, the direct, um, person telling me what's going on. The, the, the true eyewitness that's not lying like that's that's what I base my decision off of and it's one of those things where it's my story and I'm sticking to it and I'm also not afraid to admit when I'm wrong um, it, trust me it's as tough as hell to do it but I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong I'm married I have a wife sometimes I have to tell her she's right and it's probably the hardest thing I have to do <laughs> but yeah you know after we talked about George Floyd and how I felt and um, for those of you that do know, he's got a podcast uh, called Let's Talk Shop, and this is more of his uh, cup of tea, talking about politics, talking about controversial issues that are going on in the world. But after we had the full conversation, you know, while we were in the midst of it and kind of towards the end, he goes, what made this racial? And we also had talked about 
Ahmaud Arbery of, you know, what made his situation racial. And, you know, for the longest time, he was just, he's like, hey, well, this is the facts. They're not going to get indicted. And then, you know, they have the hearing and the, the witness talks about how, what happened, which is, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. But what made it racial? Black people dying by the hands of non-black law enforcement and those non-black law enforcement officers not getting any charges immediately and non-black citizens. I know a lot of people like statistics, so let me throw this out there for you. In 2014, African-Americans constituted 2.3 million or 34% of the total 6.8 million correctional population. African-Americans are incarcerated at more than five times the rate of whites. The imprisonment rate for African-American women is twice that of white women. Nationwide, African-American children represent 32% of children who are arrested, 42% of children who are detained, and 52% of children who cases are judicially waived to criminal court. Through African-Americans and Hispanics make up approximately 32% of the U.S. population, and they can... They're 56% of all incarcerated people in 2015. If African-Americans and Hispanics were incarcerated at the same rates as whites, prison and jail population would decline by almost 40%. Let that sit in for a second. And let's refer back to the original question. What made it racial? We are stripping our black communities of fathers and mothers at an accelerated rate and then people, people will point back to the quote unquote, quote, black on black violence, not knowing we are the highest culture and community of broken homes. Therefore, we are the highest community of broken products. Understand that when you see on television, Trayvon Martin, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, what do you think that this broken young culture sees that is so optimistic? That's what made it racial. The second that we spent 400 years in slavery and another 50 years trying to build up our own wealth and getting it stripped from us and burned down in, in, in Tulsa, like, you got to understand, like, everything good that we see is already broken. I'm going to move on. Um, I had posted on Facebook about not being so hard on all of your white friends and maybe I should have verbed it differently but there are some people that are not of color and I I use the word sheltered and I don't I don't know if that was the right word but that was the word I came up with there 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 are people of non-color that have, have been kind of sheltered for from most of this stuff their whole life. And I had talked about how the school systems and, you know, higher income areas, they don't they don't do what the inner city schools do during Black History Month. They don't talk about the black leaders. When they talk about American history, it's going to be the Christopher Columbuses of the world. That's what they're going to talk about. And to them, this is going to look like heroes because to them, these are, these are the holidays that we celebrate. They're not going to talk about Juneteenth, okay? They may, they may or may not have MLK off MLK Day off of school, or if they do, you know, what kind of recognition are they showing during that day or during that week or whatever? You know, the, those roots aren't embedded in them, so therefore, 
their attachment to it is, is not so much. Okay. So when I said, you know, don't be so harsh on some of them, because there are others who pretend that nothing is wrong. And that is a psychological problem because they think this is okay. And then they say, oh, this is not racial. This is a division. This is politics. This is trying to get Trump out of office. When I saw a man get killed on television multiple times, I didn't see politics. I didn't see division. I, I, I saw police brutality. I saw um, abuse of power. Um with some of these men over excessive uh, and not too many black officers a couple so that's what I saw you can't you can't tell me my eyes are lying to me right so <clears throat> you know I, I think what I was trying to get out of the post that I posted on Facebook was I think a lot of people regardless of color should educate themselves Watch the 13th Amendment. Watch When They See Us. Watch Kingdom Men Rising. There are a lot of messages and encouragement for people of all color to get essentially what we want. Equality. I'm done talking about that. Eric Thomas. I, I had uh, watched his uh, video. Shout out to my boy Jarrell. Um, hopefully he's listening to the podcast. I know he's been shouting me out on Instagram. He's one of the best uh, trainers in the Grand Rapids area. Um, uh, I love him like a brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep pushing. But um, and Eric Thomas is and, and Eric Thomas is one of my favorite motivational speakers because ET, man, like I don't, I don't know how to put it. I hope you know when I put it in this term and this slang, you get me. But he's a dog when he go up to, to to talk about motivation. You feel it. He get to move in his hands. He, he start to perspirating like he he start to move. You can just feel. You can feel it coming out of him. But in, in his uh, speech after uh, George Floyd's death, <clears throat> he was talking about the protests. And what I got out of that, and I talked about this when I went on Facebook Live, is he had said, make a commitment and don't participate because it's convenient. Martin Luther King did a bus boycott for 381 days. Uh, Booker T. Washington you know, walked 500 miles to a university just so he can get a college degree just by cleaning and being a janitor and you know you, you got to be committed to it <clears throat> and you know i needed to hear that i needed to hear that because when i first started this podcast no bad news i was questioning how many people would listen how many people would like it but i committed myself to this and right now i could care less about the numbers because i've been finding out people that i would least expect to be listening and continue to listen I, I got to keep going. I got to keep doing better. But if I'm sitting back and shout out Justin, because uh, Justin actually reached out to me like, hey, have you looked at your numbers? You know, what's your listenership like? And I'm like, man, I haven't looked since like the first month. Because honestly, it was promising when I looked at the numbers. And when I when I first looked at the numbers, it was like the first week, I you know, 20 plays. Second week, like, oh, 40 plays. And then the third week, I'm like, man, I almost tripped out, almost a hundred plays. I'm like, what's going on? And then it just started going up. And then I just, I took my, I, I took my focus away from what the numbers look like because I'm also in a podcast group and I, I will listen to some of these people. And it's a lot of new podcasters asking questions about how they can get better and what their numbers should look like, like just trying to look into all these details so they can be better. And my, my buddy Frankie, 
um, who, I, who I love so much too, man. He, he was actually on here. Um, he, he was a guest on No No Bad News, and Frankie, you know, I just 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 laid it on me when I was getting everything started. He's like, man, you just, you just got to do it. You just got to go out there. You just got to make it happen. The product itself, you know, is 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 going to be perfection, but you got to start doing it to understand what you got to do to perfect it. And I let that ride with me. I let that ride with me, you know. And um, <clears throat> you know, obviously, I, I I thank and I love and I appreciate all you guys for listening week in and week out and, and promoting it and reaching out to me and telling me you like episodes. I haven't had anybody tell me like, hey, I ain't like that episode. But if you don't like an episode, yeah, definitely let me know. I want to keep getting better. I want to give you a reason to share this with somebody at work and go, hey, you got to listen to this podcast today. That That's my goal, to get as many listeners as I can get, because the more listeners I get, the more influence I have, the better voice, the better platform, and, and we can change the world. That's my goal. So, but, you know, th- through all of the COVID-19 um, and the controversial racial issues that are going on in the world, a flower grew. Beautiful flower grew. I, I took a leap of faith. Um, and it's a little bit of a sensitive subject to me because it didn't play out the way I wanted it to play out. And, you know, I, I hope nobody, um, feels like I, I abandoned them or I turned my back on them. Uh, a lot of you guys know who've been listening for a while. I've been a, a boxing trainer at title boxing club out here in Granville, Michigan. Um, you know, going over, going over eight months, um, Boxing was one of the things I started doing about four years ago after we had our first kid to try to get back in shape, but it had become my therapist. It had become my favorite workout. It had become a routine and it it became part of me. Um, So um, it's just one of those things that on a daily basis, I I wanted to go boxing. I needed to go boxing. It was my, it was my release. It was my healthy release. And um, due to personal reasons, um, and you know, not being able to see the same page as, as the ownership group, um, I decided to part ways. And you know, I wish them the best. But I started a GoFundMe account. I thought it was corny, and I thought it looked desperate. But you know, after talking to my wife, you know, she made it clear. And um, to everyone who is out there who's af- who's afraid to bring their dream to life, and Look, fear is the only thing stopping you from accomplishing your dreams. And at the end of the day, if you let fear control what your destiny is, your destiny is going to be failure because you gave up on yourself because the only thing that you feared was fear itself. Not what would happen, but just the fear of what you think might happen. We raised almost $2,000 over the weekend. I'm trying to get up to $20,000. I know that's a high number. Um, It's actually, uh, I, I, I came up with that number knowing that I probably wouldn't get there, but I know if I did reach that, then, you know, I would, I would be, I would be comfortable. Um, I'm going to open up my own gym. It's going to be called motivated by design. Um, and right now my slogan for it, and I might have to fine tune it. I might have to change it, but right now I'm rolling with, we hit, we lift, we run, we motivate. That's, that's my tagline for that. Um, I've had some amazing people that I barely even know um, post, repost, share, and donate. And to all the people that may not be friends with me or know me well outside of the podcast, I hope you can find some time out to check out the episode bio and, and maybe help me with the cause. Um, and even if you know you can't get financially, you know just just share the link because uh, you never know who's watching. I mean, I even took a swing in the dark because I'm on uh, Gary V's text messaging group. 
So if you know you listen to Gary V and he's texts you back before, let him know to check his inbox from Dom Davis because I sent him a link to my Go, GoFundMe. Um, and I just think you know I, I think you know through through everything that's happening and you know the prayers and the thinking and the overthinking, I'm just like you know you got to do it. You got to start somewhere. So I took that leap of faith. Um, so hopefully within 90 days, I'll be able to secure a building and be able to have equipment. Uh, the goal is to, to have an NASM certification done between now and then um, and be able to, to, to take everything that I've learned from my years of playing team sports, basketball, football, um, being able to take all the knowledge that I learned from coaching basketball from the, the ages of eight years old to 16 years old. And being able to take my three years of being a boxing member and a year of being a trainer and basically putting all that into a, a, a nice little recipe and creating one heck of a gym. Um, <clears throat> but the gym is not just for me. You know, it, it's for the community um, because the goal is to give back consistently, fluidly um, and making sure that it's a pillar in the community. And when people talk about motivated by design and when they mention Dom Davis, they know it ain't no gangs. They know I'm, I'm, I'm for my community. I'm for my people. Um, but but when I say my people, I'm not just talking about black people. I'm talking about the people that love me and the people that support me. Those are my people. I don't care what color you are. You can be blue. If you love me and support me, you my people. Okay. We may not agree on everything, but changing the world and making it a better place is something that we can agree on. And I can roll with that alone. Um, <clears throat> but, <clears throat> you know, the gym is... is it's for people who deserve good trainers that are understanding, that truly care about them, that's going to step outside the franchise wave of things so we don't have to charge higher prices because we got high overhead and high uh, franchise fees. Um, I want to get the local community involved. Right now, I'm starting off, you know, because obviously I've got the GoFundMe going, but I got to do my part too. I can't just sit back and let people donate money to me and I'm not trying to get it myself. Um, so I am actually hosting free workouts we accept donations, you know, to help, you know, fund the cause, but giving free workers to the community at the local park down the street from the house, um, going to do like maybe like a 40 minute workout on Thursdays and then two on Sundays. Um, so tell a friend to tell a friend, come on through. You don't really need much equipment. If you got a yoga mat or some type of mat, you can bring that, but that's really all you need. I'll have some small workstations. Um, it might be big. It might be small. I don't know, but either way, I'm going to be prepared. Um, but this gym is also going to be creating a safe place to release. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Um, and just a little glimpse of, of what I have in mind is, you know, I'm, just, I'm thinking weight benches, free weight stability and core balls, battle ropes, punching bags, cardio equipment, and then just open areas um, for body weight exercises, mobility and strength. And, you know, that's just a little taste. I mean, what I got envisioned in my head is 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 greater than what I can make it sound like. It. But, you know, when, when everything is done and the product's ready, when you see it, I hope you come by and give us a look. It'll definitely be something. Um, let's jump into those bad news stories of the day. So with the first, no bad news stories of the day, um, I'm eating gummy bears by the way, cause I love gummy bears. So if you love gummy bears, send me some gummy bears. I love those. The first uh, no bad news story today is not so much a story. It's almost like something to take a look at, um, because one of the things that I'm, you know, trying to push to, um, and I don't, I don't know how to get this started. So if you hear this and you maybe can help me, um, I, I want to get some type of bill written up um, that it's mandatory for all police officers to wear a body cam 
um, and in no way, shape or form are they allowed to use or turn off that body cam. And if they do, you know, it's basically tampering with evidence. Um, also, if, you know, a body, body cam is, you know, let's say a body cam is not charged up, um, they're not allowed to basically re remove themselves from the vehicle. They have to have another officer on site or, or request backup. Something along that nature, but it's it's, uh, it's an article, and it's basically I, I have this link in the the description of the web of the. Jeez, uh, I got to get my life together. It's Monday. I have this link to this article um, that was published in 2017, and it says 75 things white people can do for racial for racial justice. Um, I'm going to change that. It's just 75 things people can do for racial justice, um, and even if it's even if you don't think it's racial, I, I still think there is some things that need to happen uh, to create more of, an, of a free system, a free or equal system amongst all races and cultures. Um, and just for a glimpse of it, it says Google whether your local police department currently outfits all on-duty officers with a body-worn camera and requires that body-worn camera be turned on immediately when officers respond to a police call. So kind of backing up what I was just talking about, um, it also says Google whether your city or town currently employs evidence-based police de-escalation trainings. Um, and that's another thing, you know, you, you get a lot of police officers and like I said, they're using excessive force and calling in backup. But at the same time, it's like, why do you need four or five, six guys to basically, um, to basically, you know, try to control one person. Okay, um, we need to we need to make sure that we've got the proper people out there um, that are very well equipped, physically, uh, mentally, and educationally of how to de-escalate all situations. Um, and those are just a couple. It's seventy-five of them. I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with that. Um, that's not what I do here on this podcast. My podcast is to motivate. So we're going to go into that. The next one, Jenny Stajna. I hope I'm saying that right, Jenny. She is 103 years old, 103 year old woman out of Massachusetts. And she was, she was just celebrating, partying for real. Um, she was the first person in her nursing home to test positive for COVID-19. This is no bad news. Come on. You know what happened? She beat the virus. 103 years old, which is even more dope, dope because I like beer, preferably craft beer. But she celebrated after beating COVID-19 with the ice cold butt light. Cheers to that, Jenny. 103 years old, man. That's amazing. Um, next no bad news story of the day. And the final no bad news story of the day is Aiden Kelly. Have you guys heard of Aiden Kelly out of Chicago? Nine-year-old kid? Had a little conversation with his neighbor about, you know, drawing some hearts. White kid, by the way. I mean, that has nothing to do with anything, but he's nine years old. And he created his own Black Lives Matter sign and protested by himself in front of his house. Regardless, if you don't believe me, in the Black Lives Matter movement or not, um, this kid protested by himself at the age of nine. He knew it was a problem based off of what he saw on television and also told the reporter that took this story down, it's not too racist because we're all human. I believe there's a lot of things that are taught in the household. I believe there's a lot of things that are missed in the household. And I believe there's a lot of things that can be taught in the household. And, you know, shout out to his parents because they did an amazing job. They made did an amazing job. Um... It's Monday, man. Um, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what. 
<clears throat> this is what I want you to do. This is what I want everybody to do. I want you to think about all your emotion, everything about your feeling, about everything that's going on in the world, whether it be good, whether it be bad. And in honor of what I'm doing, motivated by Design Gym, I want you to take that emotion and let it out healthy. Let it out in a healthy way. Go exercise it out. I want you to write it down. Write it down and read it right before you work out. Whether it be good or whether it be bad. Because if it's bad, get those bad vibes out. If it's good, let it run you. Let it be your motor. Y'all ready for that uh, no bad news quote of the week? I think y'all ready for that no bad news quote of the week. Writing your goal down is the first step towards making it happen. You want that? You want that again? Writing your goal down is the first step towards making it happen. Now, this isn't—it it doesn't relate because for me, I wrote owning my own business down years ago. The reason why I say this is because we've given up on ourselves as adults. We, we've we knew our, our dreams and our passions as children and the older we got and the more kids we had and the more tough life got because of working and the less amount of time that we thought that we had to put into it. We gave up on ourselves. Do not give up on yourselves. You're never too old to do anything. You can still do it, especially to, to my homies that, you know, I'm 32. I just turned 32 a couple weeks ago. Um to my boys still trying to make music keep doing it i got i got some boys that are artists and they're, they're just now hitting their hitting their peak in their early late 20s early 30s keep doing it you know even you know when i was working at title box in granville the owner you know just pushing 40 keep doing it like there are, are, are attainable goals if you just start making the steps right now write them down it's your first step I love you all. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you have the best week of your life. The the lockdown uh, for the stay at home order has, you know, officially well, will officially be, you know, lifted for the most part starting this next Monday, the 15th. I only say starting in, not now, because the brother needs his haircut. Oh, man. I can't wait for this haircut. I'm going to be a new man. My wife going to have to ask me where I'm going and who she is. <laughs> I love y'all, man. Enjoy your week.